Hello and welcome to Loopholes, your weekly esoterotic chat about all things esoterotic. My name is Ian Bowlesworth. Hello there. And I'm Kate Cheryl. Hello there. Hello there. And if you thought last week was distracted, wait till you see my behaviour this week. Oh dear. <laughs> I think I'm dehydrated. <laughs> I think you might be. You haven't been keeping on top of the water, have you? No, but I really have. But it's been too hot. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had to shut the window to record. Yeah. And I'm really struggling. I'm oh. very clammy. I feel a bit lightheaded. Uh, the 4020 Rugby League podcast was just on live and I just started saying things in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> you, you? Yeah, just started being mischievous. You were participating? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been really mischievous. <laughs> Couldn't I'm stop really... myself. So one of the hosts of that podcast is a regular listener to Lupel's. Yes. So I'd like to formally apologise right now to Richard <laughs> Shawwright. <laughs> For essentially blackmailing him in the chat of his own podcast. <laughs> I said a lovely end to this show would be for me to send you a recording of Richard Shaw Wright singing Don't You Want Me Baby. <laughs> They're talking about rugby league. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's a link there somewhere if you squint hard enough. Yeah, anyway, I don't know if Richard's left a comment this week. I don't think he has. How about over on yours? What are your comments looking like this week, please? Lots of loveliness, really, on my comments this week. Paul Kenny says, best episode so far. It's really making me laugh. <laughs> PJ said, I enjoyed the calls to family. <laughs> he spelled it C-A-U-L for punish. Nice, nice. Yeah. Um, sorry about that. One of my favourite episodes so far. Sophie Cleverly, popular novelist, says, hilarious episode. Has she changed her name to that? No, she hasn't, but she should. Sophie, you should change your name. Loads of my patrons all change their name to say that they're cult members and also what acts they do at a circus. It's great fun (laughs) because whilst it's irrelevant, really, on Kate's Patreon or on my Patreon when I'm doing the circus and cult and things, it's hilarious to think of it that there are other people's Patreons. And those names are coming up with no context. It's hilarious. Yeah. It's lovely, isn't it? Well, Sophie said, hilarious episode. I had to repeatedly explain why I was cackling with laughter in the middle of the beach. And I don't think explaining helped. Um, she's on her holidays at the minute. Who was she explaining to? What, like lifeguard and stuff? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Sophie, I think you're in Greece. Have you tried using the local language? It might help a bit. Oh, I see. Do you know what? I, I genuinely, this is how hot and deranged I am at the minute when you said that Sophie was in Greece I was was about to say who's she playing (laughs) like I thought she was in like an amateur dramatics performance oh my goodness I'm not going to be on it today at all am I Sophie Cleverly who's a novelist and appearing as Rizzo for the next three weeks in Cheltenham yeah yeah. Um, it's an interesting thing this isn't it because it was kind of funny last week and here's the thing with this podcast it isn't a comedy podcast so it's not I don't think it's even listed in comedy podcasts is it no I think it's just under discussion yeah yeah tango of the robes I see what he means uh cult circus bungling big game hunter act yeah, yeah. see you see there's what's yeah, the I thing <laughs> exhibits a <laughs> yeah <laughs> what's the thing they have at bygone times cafe is in my top three Kate quotes. Well, thank you very much. It is lovely. And is that how you wish to be seen now? Do you wish other people to think of you as this buffoon? <laughs> <laughs> ah, but it's an antiques-based buffoon, which I think is I see. Yeah. really quite accurate. You worked very honest. hard, didn't you, to get yourself all clever and credible? Oh, it's just tiring. 
Let's just go and have some cake and custard at bygone times. Yeah. I'm still accumulating certificates, even if I'm, I base my life around dead people's things and plates of chips, believe yeah, me. Yeah, okay. Warren O'Neill has a bullet-pointed list of cheese scones are the best, fight me. I think what Warren actually said was cheese scones, oh. I think. See, see, Warren, you need to write phonetically. Otherwise, we're just going to get into a scrap again. Two, it's exactly like the sticker on an LCD screen. That's just science. Yep. Um, special guests for the win. You are live on Channel 4. Please do not say bleep or bleep, because I'm not repeating your naughty swearing, Warren. <laughs> and he wonders what the hell ended up on the cutting room floor if this was the madness that we kept in. So... In that episode. Not yeah. much, you know. I didn't cut much out of no, that. I, no, the only things that I really cut out of it were in the phone calls. Yeah. And they were things that were said off the record in the phone calls. That was yeah. it. Yeah, so we're quite we're quite honest people, really, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and my stepdad did did berate me as well. Um, oh, earlier. really? Did you get in trouble? For say, well, not no. Berating's too much of a strong word. Um, I know we don't swear on this this podcast because we're good, lovely people. But he did say thanks very much for making me sound like a tithead on your podcast. <laughs> hey, we didn't provide him with a script. Yeah, you see? See, that's a very accomplished man. And now he's just a drunken tithead to all these listeners. So, thanks. Tithead is an amazing name. <laughs> tithead is a great one. Yeah, no, he says he's, he's got a very inventive vocabulary. I think he's lived in a shoe most of his life. He's just sort of gone slowly mad. Yeah, if you don't want to sound like a tithead on a podcast, don't be drinking that heavily in the early <laughs> evening. <laughs> he wasn't. He wasn't, by the way. He's a very lovely it's man. very simple. <laughs> Okay, let's go through my comments. Andrew Coates said, No idea what that was, but I liked it. So there's a lovely review. <laughs> Thanks, Andrew. Kevin Moore, the obese trapeze exhibit B. <laughs> I really enjoyed the last day of term. Maybe next episode you could use the power of the cult and the expertise of the members to answer other insane questions. Maybe ask the cult travel agent if they've been to a haunted hotel. The cult comes if there is such a thing as a ghost phone call after the line goes dead. Or the cult photographer if there is anything you can do to photograph less stroke more orbs. So the, we've got a bit of a culture clash going on here. <laughs> a culture Because this is class. a thing, uh, uh. yeah, yeah, from yeah. my Patreon uh, that I've set up a cult. Please yes. do not alert the authorities. Um, and they're all people that are in the cult. There's many, many more. But yeah, I'm happy to do that. I don't really want to make that a regular section because it could exclude other people who haven't been foolish enough to come onto my Patreon. Mm. Uh, but another part of me thinks, well, so? <laughs> <laughs> Paul Kelly said, best episode so far. <laughs> I really need to know if the tap got fixed. Kevin Moore also said, it took me a while to realise he was mending, not bending a tap. Unless tap bending is a Yuri Geller sort of thing. Um Again, I, I appreciate what you're saying, Paul, about best episode so far, but you're saying that the one where we didn't do what we're meant to be doing is best. <laughs> and don't worry, I did check in. The tap was fixed. You'd hope so, wouldn't you? You wouldn't want somebody going into a hospital to have a baby only to find out that the person delivering it can't even fix a tap. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's much crossover with plumbing and obstetrics, is there? <laughs> there's a lot of water because everywhere. Uh, Andy image. Walker... Envoy from the 90s, especially Jump Jump by Criss Cross. <laughs> That's right. Criss Cross yeah. is going to make you jump, jump. A daddy man can make you jump, jump. It's you think, fault for saying it. Yeah, do you think Andy Walker wears his jacket backwards like Criss Cross did? Criss Cross had the trousers very, very low down and back to front. They did. 
Yeah. I thought they had their jackets uh, backwards. I don't know. I don't recall. I was too busy staring at their trousers, not like that. Andy Walker said, is it worth looking at the Cardiff giant? <laughs> Why? <laughs> is he poorly? <laughs> Probably his knees have gone. Yeah. <laughs> um, an actual hoax which P.T. Barnum pinched the idea of and ended in a court case over whose was more fake. Also, the statue has a big doodle. <laughs> I think he means downstairs. Yeah. yeah, got a big downstairs doodle. Do you know anything about the Cardiff Giant? Um, Little bits. Clearly not his doodle then. <laughs> no. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> yeah, P.T. Barnum created lots of, of fakes. Or maybe not created, but he certainly obtained knowingly yeah. a lot of fakes i think he had some um like you know fake mermaids and the cardiff giant that was meant to be it was like a an enormous ancient giant that was believed to be you know from this ancient race of peoples that was discovered on an archaeological dig and was taken round to be this great wonder and it was completely fake and then someone else picked up on his idea of showing round at like fake antiquities and it right. just became this this big court case. Is it not? I noticed you said about they were fake mermaids. Is it not tacit if there's a mermaid there that it's well, <laughs> not real? Well, I don't know. I feel like in the age of, you know, the, the renewal of the Disney mermaid, we don't want to ruin things for people. What do you mean we don't want to ruin things for people? What? <laughs> well, so some go people... back to that bit. Who's <laughs> going seeing the Little Mermaid and thinking it's a documentary? Right, okay, well, we might not Don't have... want to ruin it for you. <laughs> right, well, you know... <laughs> you know, people who may be just, you know, quite cheery and thinking about lovely ladies swimming in the deep... Dogs might be can't talk. Might Dogs be can't disappointed. Talk. So, sorry for ruining Lady of the Tramp for you there. <laughs> to see, like, you know, a monkey head stuck on the back of a fish. You probably don't even like spaghetti. <laughs> Hazel Quinlan, if I'm remembering it right, your mum spoke about calls on the Parapod Extra. She did a, I did an interview with my mum once on a bonus episode, mm-hmm. and she did speak about them then. I mean, when we were talking to her last week, it was the first thing I thought, you've told me this story before. Yeah. But I'm a bit immune to that with my mum nowadays, because my mum tells me most stories up to ten times in a week. <laughs> Constantly. And she, and she, by the way, doesn't go... Have I told you this before? She do, she commits yeah. <laughs> fully each time. Maybe she's rehearsing. No, sometimes she'll go, hey, I'll tell you what I've not told you, and then tell me something she's already told me three or four times. Right. But I don't want to make too much fun about that in case it's medical. Matt Ebbs, <laughs> cult mountain goat. A joy of an episode. I felt like it was in a fever dream, especially after the third or fourth time Ian said fanny skin. Oh, God. But it was the best kind of fever dream. Matt, that's not a fever dream you're having there, mate. That's a wet dream you're having there. Oh, mate. God. Dirty boy. <laughs> Dirty Matt Chris Carpenter, the unfathomable big top seamstress and journeyman spoon player. Oh, I tell you what. <laughs> if you're not on my Patreon, you missed <laughs> yeah, yeah. the treat there. You, you really did. I think that the haunting spoon playing... Really did. Well, it haunted me continually. Yeah, yeah played along to a uh, to danger zone <laughs> <laughs> for the full duration of the track. I had to edit it. <laughs> so painful. Chris says a great episode had me belly laughing, crying with laughter. Thank you. Alice Norton says goodbye. Oh, don't go, Alice. Well, no, Alice said hello last week, if you remember. I know, but, you know, I thought maybe she'd do variations on a theme. I understand somebody listening to last week's and thinking it was great, had me belly laughing, crying with laughter, and I also understand somebody listening to last week's and saying goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) 
I understand both. both yeah, sides and both would be valid, yes. Dan Pauly, hate to break it to you, but Kate's pronunciation of scones is the right one. Thank you. But as I'm originally from the Devon stroke Cornwall border, I'm a bit scared to ask what order the jam and cream went on in. Wars have started over less. Yeah. Uh, Dan, I didn't see the prep of said scone. That was no. a that was a kitchen job. I wasn't in there. No. Uh, what was the what was the prep? Do you know? Well, I was you... I was very aware of it when I was constructing the very divisive scones. Scones. And it was scone. Scones. And then uh, lack of butter. And yeah. then I, was, I did clotted cream. Yeah. And then jam. And then lack of butter. And then lid. And, and is, then what does that face. mean? Well, I guess we'll have to hear from Dan whether that's yeah. what something you really shouldn't do. Will Dan be saying goodbye next week? Yeah, possibly. Silky said historians will one day call this the Fanny Scone episode. <laughs> <laughs> one can only hope, Silky. Yeah. Annette Ruby, um, what the that was an episode, wasn't it? Do we need some sort of intervention, especially if Katie's <gasps> claiming to be the Zodiac killer? Well, I bloody might be now. Annette called you Katie. It's probably a typo, but she did call you Katie. Annette, I thought... Which I know you like. You love being called when people call you Katie. (laughs) Yeah, you do it really frequently, don't you? Whenever I want to annoy you, I will say Katie. very successful. Uh, Annette continues, brilliantly funny and entirely insane. Ian's right. Scone rhymes with gone. Well, you know, plenty of people have agreed with dictators. Don't make them right. (laughs) That's isn't that known as an argument that means you've lost the argument? You know when you compare something to when people say, "Well, Hitler did this." When yeah, people say that, yeah. it's got to name that that argument. It's the something argument, yeah. and it's immediately discredited. Yeah. I think I forget what it's called. But anyway, uh, what I do find interesting is mm-hmm. that there's more room for debate with me about scone pronunciation mm-hmm. <laughs> than there is with my declarations on ghosts. More people feel confident enough to say, no, that's not how you say scum. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't to say, actually, he's got a watertight argument on this. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like there's a clear regional divide even, is it? No. This is all. There is more viable argument about the pronunciation of scum <laughs> than there is about me saying ghosts don't exist, full stop. And people go, I can't, I can't argue it. <laughs> Uh, Herbert Shufflekey, DFC, you don't have to read this out. I'm reading it out, mate. As I don't want to derail things further, but I visited bygone times after you first mentioned it, and I am now obsessed. It is the Tat Mecca. I bought a Beach Boys LP and a 1985 issue of Wizard and Chips. I also had a homemade cookie and the taste was so nostalgic of mid-80s home baking that my hair turned white and I exclaimed, Marty... Many thanks for the recommendation. That's quite all right. Did you tell them on the till? I hope you told them on the till. Yeah. That you were... Hey, here's what we should do. If people go to Bygone Times in Eccles, right? Mm-hmm. If you go there and you buy something... In fact, you will. You will buy something. Yeah, it's, it's physically impossible to leave empty-handed. Yeah. But if you can all start saying at the till, um, are you still accepting the loopholes voucher? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone. If everyone says that, then we become on their radar then. Yeah, yeah. Well, we could have a discount code, like all those influencers. Well, like, say, loopholes 20. Yeah, but you can't, you, 
you can't bygone times you can't because it's not them setting the prices the sellers are setting the prices all right or maybe you can use it in the cafe 20 yeah, percent okay. off your biscuit and chips yes okay that's that that would be viable but that's why i'll always argue against it being a sponsorship is that, that they've nothing really to gain from it although you do have to become a member when you join it's a private members club bygone it's, times. it's like how matalan used to be isn't it you used to have to sign up and get a little membership card just to swipe it to go in like m6 cash and carry a bit like that yes yeah yeah <laughs> yeah or like db's cash and carry for the more lincolnshire based esoterotic lover. i think it's only like two quid or something and then i think it's a life membership you get and you get a little yeah. card but you must remember the card if you if you forget the card you have to pay to go in again that's why i keep my cards in the glove box yeah <laughs> patrick coughlin Kate, bring your scones to Canada, where we will appreciate them. Ian is spoiled with high-quality scones over there. <laughs> and don't worry, I can spread my own butter. Great oh, episode, by good. the way. <laughs> oh, my right. word. Well, I'll consider that an open invitation. I'll pop over with me Tupperware. What actually was happening there? What, what was that? Did you feel like there was an underlying flirtation to that message? I, th- I, think, I think that he's particularly... <laughs> Hey, come to Canada. Don't worry, I can spread my own butter. Wink, wink. <laughs> oh, don't you've ruined it now. <laughs> I thought maybe he was overly empathetic and realised the the effort that I'd gone to to create such wondrous baked goods to then yeah. be met with a gentleman screaming at me. Where's the <laughs> somebody else? Somebody else in the comments this week, and I've read the comment out already. Yeah. Um, somebody else self-edited their comment this week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's because they thought it sounded inappropriate. I didn't personally think it was. I've not uh, told you what the original one was yet. I couldn't quite remember how it was worded. But mm-hmm. there was something worded and it was directed at you. And I thought, <laughs> they've written that, laughed, and then taken 10 minutes and thought, oh, that sounds really dodgy. <laughs> Gone back and changed it. <laughs> but the starting flirting with you, I think that's happening. I know this, this always happens when I can demonstrate rudimentary baking skills. Suddenly it's like wifely pheromones just... Do you think that's what it is? My last comment, like, none of these are about loopholes. None of them, Mm -hmm. these comments. Jack Britton said, I laughed hard. Yeah, just... Why? (laughs) That's what Jack said. I'll take it. I'll take it all. I'll take it all quite happily. Me, my scones and my Tupperware will be appreciated elsewhere. Thank you. No, it's... uh, I don't mind. If people want to flirt with you, they can flirt with you. It's quite an interesting dynamic, isn't it? But I would hate you to become the girl... I don't think I'm very good at playing the girl. At play, really? Yeah. Why? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why, what bit do you think you've got wrong? Um, uh, uh, my beard, my butcher's arms and my darts Your obsession. Beard. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think you're looking at the wrong picture on Zoom. That's uh, me. Oh, oh, sorry. That's what oh, you look like. God, I... one over there on the left. I'm gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Loopholes, episode 33. So come on, back on topic. What have you got for us, please? Right. Well, this week I thought we'd take Can a I side Can I just interrupt step... you? Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. I've got a question for you. Yeah. Um, now, this is one of the things that my mum did tell me about on one of her phone calls, and she only told me about it once. So things that would actually okay. be useful, she only tells me once. Uh, I've noticed there was uh, very bad thunderstorms here today and yesterday. Mm-hmm. And very windy, swirling wind and stuff. It's been boiling hot. It still is boiling hot. Yeah. But 
it's been quite erratic. Tropical weather is what's been going on. And I noticed uh, when I went out today to bring the bins back in, because that's the kind of life that I live, <laughs> that there was sand all over my drive and there was sand on the grass in the garden. Quite a lot of sand. Yeah. And I recall my mum saying something about Sahara sand or something, that it was a weather front that had loads of sand in it. I haven't seen that in the news. You don't know about that? Okay, fine. That's okay. No. I thought you might know. I thought it was interesting. The reason I bring it up in loopholes is because I think it's interesting that you can get weather like that. You can get strange things that happen mm. in the weather yeah. perfectly naturally that sometimes are attributed to, oh, it's raining frogs and all, you know, stuff like that. Look, look we'll get to that in another episode, right? No, but you know what I mean? <laughs> I think that's yes, an interesting yeah. thing that it's a perfectly natural phenomena, mm. but... If you don't know what's going on, it, it's alarming to see. Like, I was surprised to see sand everywhere. Yes, yeah. <laughs> when I went out today. But I know there's a logical explanation for that. Yeah. But I guess there are other people who would, maybe not so much in modern life, but certainly in the olden times, who that would have blown their mind and they'd have been, like, sacrificing their firstborn because God was angry. <laughs> maybe, yeah, yeah, and he was punishing you with a small yeah. amount of sand. Yeah, with a, a very yeah. liberal dusting of sand. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not very impressive. It's, as far as like... A heavenly warning shot. <laughs> mysterious things. Yeah, it was like mysterious things raining from the sky, you know. Yeah. One of the great plagues of Egypt wasn't just a bit of grit, was it? Puts things into perspective. <laughs> what were the great plagues of Egypt? What happened in them? Was it locusts and stuff? Yes, yeah, that was all. That. It was... Um... God, I feel like this is like a... a pub quiz in Sunday school again. Sunday school quiz, yeah. And would um, a swarm of locusts have been unusual in that area, or would that be something that would be quite common? Well, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a um, an etymologist. But... I don't even know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> so neither of us can help you with that one, if no. that's what you've tuned in. <laughs> but, um, okay, I think Plagues of Egypt. Well, there was ten, so right. w- welcome to the quiz section on loopholes yeah. today. The problem is so, I can't tick these off because you could just say anything now and I'd go, oh, that's interesting, and that would be it. <laughs> oh, okay. Like, oh, every trolley you have has a wonky wheel. That's one plague. We've got locusts, flies, lice, uh, frogs. We had the aforementioned frogs. Yeah. Um, Hail. Right. Boils. Boils? Boils. <laughs> yeah. Like As in, body. like skin, yeah, like skin boils, like. Oh, I see. Because all yeah. the ones so, so far, other than boils, I've had in my garden the last two days. <laughs> oh, but you have been bitten a lot by mosquitoes, haven't you? Okay, well, let's trade yeah. that. In. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, how's your livestock? My livestock uh, is just me, so it's uh, <laughs> well, it's in better days. <laughs> okay. Well, there was yeah. um, like the death or disease of lots of livestock. Right. Um, Water turning to blood. Okay. I can't even drink the water out of my tap. We'll count that. Things aren't looking great, are they? And what was this um, for? What was this punishment well, this, for? What have they well, done? Let me just get the other two, because then I'll get, like, a sticker. I'm just <laughs> so, thinking about the listener. Then there was, like, the great darkness that swept over the land, and then yeah. there was the killing of the firstborn. Right, okay. So this was all in Egypt, in Exodus. Oh, the nightclub. <laughs> <laughs> It was in order to convince the Pharaoh to um, free the Israelites. So what was this like heavenly terrorism is what was going on? Well, it on. kind of was because um, Pharaoh believed that, that he was Lord, that he was God. Yeah. So he would be worshipped by the Israelites and the Israelites were like, nah, mate. 
And so God was like, I'll give you a hand, kids. <laughs> Here's yeah. some frogs. Here's some darkness. And everyone who isn't a believer in me will have their firstborn murdered by my holy hand. Right. I mean, it was a PR disaster for God, really. <laughs> well, I don't know, because then they got freed and then there was the party. It was, it was the equivalent of a Twitter meltdown. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Israelites did get freed, but obviously it wasn't then easy from then on. You know, and he did pursue them. I mean, come on, God. <laughs> Bit of perspective here, mate. <laughs> Just give Pharaoh a limp for a few days and say, I'll stop that happening if you... <laughs> To... Yeah, Pharaoh, I'll make your internet connection so slow you can't use any of your streaming services. Yeah, yeah, that's slightly more preferable, isn't it? More palatable yeah, than it is killing infants. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I'd say that should be a perma ban. <laughs> anyway, sorry, we got distracted. Well, well I distracted I've just you, thought so... as as well that yeah. you get a lot of power cuts recently. Yeah, because it's been thunder and lightning. I always get them in thunder and lightning. Yeah, so that would be the darkness. I'm worried about your firstborn. I, I would be. Yeah. <laughs> right, okay. Anyway, what do you want to talk about? I would like to talk about the mm. Belmez faces. Right. Have you heard of them before? Nope. Are you familiar? Oh, excellent. Okay. No clue. Well, it's it's a very, very famous case of like spontaneous phenomena. Not that famous. <laughs> <laughs> Within certain circles. That said, I've not heard a little mix till two days ago. <laughs> So it, it's an important case of kind of spontaneous phenomena, like unexplained paranormal phenomena. Right. And like all good things that Kate's obsessed with at the minute, it happened in the 70s. Right. So we set our scene in uh, the mountain village of Belmez de la Moraleda. Where's that? Spain. Spain, okay. Now, in the summer of 1971, Mrs. Maria Gomez Pereira... Let's just call her Maria, because I don't want to massacre any more names. Okay. Um, she noticed this weird stain starting to form on her kitchen floor. Now, nothing had been spilled there, and there was no real noticeable reason for this stain to grow. And so she scrubbed the floor, didn't think anything else of it, and carried on with her day. And then over the period of about seven days, the stain returned, and the stain gradually turned into a really clear image of a face. And this face would not disappear no mm. matter how hard she scrubbed. Yeah. I can tell you're on board already. So she was pretty well, disturbed. No, it's just, it's, it's going to be a pareidolia story, isn't it? Ultimately, it's just not, they're, they're easy sorted, these things. <laughs> they're very, ah. very easy explained. You'd, you'd think so, but wait. Do you remember the other day you sent me a photo? You were asking me if I wanted a box or something like that. Oh, I forget what it was. You yeah, went to I was in a junk place shop. Yeah. And you sent me a pitch and said, do you want this? And I said about the screaming girl <laughs> next yeah. to it. And you said, I can't see what you're looking at. And I just drew a, a, a face round it. So I just yeah. drew a head round it and hair. And it looked yeah. Yeah, suddenly, like a screaming girl. Yeah, a couple of brandy glasses. It was brandy glasses on a table, and because of the way that they were set out, and because of the gaps in the table slats, when you have it pointed out to you, it looks exactly like that, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, no, it was, it was, it was very good. It was very good. It wasn't a ghost, was it not? And it wasn't. No, it wasn't actually a face, was it? No, no, it was not. You can see what it was when you look closely. It was brandy glasses on a table, but it did look just like a face. It did, and happy ending to the story. 
you got the box. Brilliant. So okay. everyone's I look forward happy. to receiving it. Good. I'll bring it down soon. Now, Maria was very much disturbed by this face that appeared on her floor. Oh, we're going was... back to face, are we now? So we're just so yeah. we're completely dismissing what I said, and we're going back yeah. to the stain on this the floor face. was a face official. Yes. Yes. Right. Um. So Maria, her husband Juan, and son Miguel helped out and destroyed the image Shut by up. removing the. Shut up. <laughs> what? I'm not having that. What? This is the laziest story I've ever heard. What? Juan and Miguel. Her husband Juan and son Miguel. Because, remember, it was Spain. It was. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. they, they were very practical, and they just ripped up the entire concrete floor. So they got a pickaxe, and they went at it, and yeah. they replaced the whole floor with fresh concrete. And everything was fine for about a week or two. Yeah. And soon after that, a new face appeared that was and even not exactly clearer. The same one. Not no, the same one, though. That was clearer than the last right. one. And so the family thought, oh, we're going to have to rip up another floor here. But by this point, word had kind of spread in the little community. Obviously, you'd have to wait for Miguel to stop working on his paella store. <laughs> Shut <laughs> And Juan to stop wandering the beach selling foreigners fruit <laughs> that he cuts up and prepares in front of them. So the, the news of this mysterious face had spread. Yeah. And the mayor of Belmez intervened and said, you're not ripping this floor up. This could be pretty important. Yeah, did he announce this at the big fiesta? <laughs> <laughs> he had it removed for study and for exhibition. Yeah. And so that face was removed and things were looking like they were going to go back to normal. They only had to repair a patch. But as the floor was repaired, a new face appeared. Right. It was destroyed again, repaired again, and the cycle continued. Was, so were and, they keeping these? When you said that they were removed, were they keeping them? Have they been preserved somewhere? As far as I know, they just kept trying to destroy them. So they they've, just they've never been preserved anywhere? Just, 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 just stick with the story. Just right, stick with I'm the story. asking you. By time, there wasn't just one face staring back at them. There was loads of them that had grown all over the floor. Some were faded and disappeared within a few months. Hmm. But then as soon as they faded, new ones took their place. And the and whole they all floor... start developing lung problems at the same time here? Because this is clearly mould. <laughs> The whole house was soon covered in hundreds of faces. And so local interest went into overdrive, obviously. And so there was lots of of crowds of interested people, but there were also external scientists and parapsychologists who heard about these mysterious faces and went in to try and study these these Belmez faces. Yeah, so this is 70s, you said, right? Yes, so it's not like we're pre-photography or anything like that. So there should be records of the images of all these things. Are, yeah. are there? Yeah, there are. lots of photographs. Lots. And lots what of are your thoughts on, do they look like faces or? They do. They do. They look like faces. They look like people, clear as day. Well, not clear as day. They look like people. I can't make out again? the paws and eyelashes. The Belmez faces. How am I spelling that? B-E-L-M-E-Z. Go on, keep talking. Okay. When news of them spread, so a, a, a guy who's called Professor... Oh, he's looked at I've just Googled name. them. Yeah. <laughs> well, what we can decipher from this straight away is that nobody in the household was a particularly good artist. <laughs> <laughs> I've 
in more photorealistic cave paintings. <laughs> they're clearly They're faces. Human hand, aren't they? They're, they're clearly, clearly by faces. Are they faces? Yeah, yeah, of course they are. There we go. Clearly by now, a human hand, though. They are faces. So, Professor D. Argumosa was probably the most prolific and well-known academic who investigated the faces. And he travelled from Madrid to Belmez to investigate them. And then eventually, a German scientist called Hans Bender um, also travelled to join him in Belmez and investigate and come up with several theories as to how these faces came to be. So on these images that I'm getting here, though, it's all the same face. There's variations. Okay, well, all I'm getting back is the same face on images. Like, they all look like Rolf Harris. God, there's someone a bit more um, salubrious you can liken him to. Well, I, I originally thought the Yorkshire Ripper and abandoned oh God, that. Yeah, so. I was... <laughs> So, right, yeah, really, okay. <laughs> that was all I was left with, was the slightly more palatable yeah. Rolf Harris. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, right. Um, well, locally, it was believed that these faces were kind of... They could be related to trapped souls. It was a predominantly Catholic area. So a lot of the a lot of the houses within Belmez had been built on top of, like, earlier burial sites. There was a 19th century burial site nearby. And when the floor was removed and excavated, a lot of human remains were found. Strangely enough, no skulls, according to some reports, just other bones. And these were reinterred into the nearby Catholic cemetery. But it seemed like most of the local houses close to Maria's house were all built on, on older burial grounds where graves mm. were now unmarked. So human remains were under all these other houses, but it was only Maria's where these faces of mysterious criminals, as we've clearly established, began to appear. So Professor de Argumosa did loads of different experiments within the Belmez house, and he tried to do some EVP recordings, so electronic voice phenomena, where mm. he would try and collect recordings, auditory recordings, of anything supernatural that might be happening within the house. Okay, before you tell us this, can Professor Ian B. Argumenta just have something here for a moment? Yes. Was anyone checking that they weren't doing this themselves? Was there, was, was anything put in place yeah. to make sure they weren't drawing these faces on the floor? Because that's what they look like to me. Yes. Well, it varies from report to report. And some people claimed straight away that they saw faces appear slowly in front of them right when there was no human hand touching them yeah okay because it just seems like we've we've jumped very quickly to Yolado coming around with all his kit yes yeah and no one's checked the basics <laughs> yeah <laughs> no one's gone hey, they might be drawing them you know <laughs> yeah as far as i know the family were never completely removed from the house. They had like an, an extension built, essentially, that they could live in so people could study the faces. Yeah, so they were always there. But, you know, I, no, I don't it, it, know. It'd be a better argument if they weren't. Oh, completely. It, it would be a better argument if the family were removed completely from the house and these yeah. faces carried on appearing. Yeah, no, but I... have got to admit, I know it's a, we're in an audio medium here at the moment, so we can't actually show that and demonstrate it, but... You you would vouch for the fact that they look drawn. Oh, they do look drawn. Yeah. Yeah. 
they don't look this like I said about pareidolia earlier on, like the idea of your brain filling in the gaps and making seeing something that isn't actually there. It's not that. I'm not. Yes, it's that. not like that. A mottled pattern has appeared. Yeah, no, no, it's not. No, the, like with the first one, you could say, oh, maybe it's pareidolia, and it's just a, a strange way that this this mark has formed. But when you've got like a audience of beardy faces staring back at you, you can realise yeah. that they are actually there. Yeah. And but, and they've been drawn. But no one, to my knowledge, no one ever caught anyone drawing them on. But there are reports of them mysteriously appearing in front of viewers. Well, no one's ever caught me having a wank, but I do sometimes. <laughs> that doesn't oh, mean it's God. not happening. <laughs> Does it ever just mysteriously happen in front of you? <laughs> no, but well, you know what I mean? That, that's my best example I can give. Just because yeah. you don't catch someone doing something, don't exclude them from actually doing it. You know, yes, no, I'm, I'm Unless aware. they were being watched 24-7 and yeah. these things were still appearing and there was no evidence they were doing it. Mm-hmm. But just going, right, see you tomorrow. And then the next morning you get there at eight o'clock. Hey, another one's come up in the night. <laughs> it's like... And this is the 70s, so this isn't olden days, this. This is like... (laughs) This is... It's a reasonable expectation Mm. of a sceptic to say, did you not... Did no one... Like, proper study this? And I don't mean turn up with some EVP recorder or whatever it was called. Did no one go, right, keep an eye on them now for 48 hours? Don't let them out of your sight for 48 hours and let's see if anything appears yeah. in that time. Yeah. Well, I, Seal I think off that room. Of, Seal off yeah. that room. 48 hours. I, I honestly think a lot of the kind of the gaps in the research were just because of lack of funds. I think really there wasn't an awful lot of money kicking around in parapsychology in the early 70s in rural Spain. Yeah, but if summits cost, you know, I, I presume like if, if the mayor's talking about it and stuff... Yeah. You know, this is an impactful thing in it is. society it is. At, that, at that place. So with that in mind, it doesn't cost nothing to say, right, you're not allowed in that house for 48 hours. Yeah. And so th- that's the experiment we're going to do. We're going to take a photo of the room now. Right, come on, everyone out. Get down Casa del Player. You can stay in that <laughs> hotel for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Here you go. There's 500 pesetas. You can play the arcade to your heart's content for 48 <laughs> hours. But you're not to go back in that house. And yeah. we will reconvene in that house in 48 yeah. hours and see what has emerged. Mm-hmm. That doesn't cost nothing other than 500 pesetas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that certainly would be a very viable option yeah. for the investigative yeah. team. But instead, they're flying someone in with a load of electrical equipment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he was trying to capture anything auditory that might give any inkling of there's anything supernatural happening or anything physical and untoward happening. And during this time, where the professor was trying to capture some EVPs, Maria was not in the building. So this was a solo, sort of solo effort. Yeah. And it's also reported that Maria believed that she had mediumistic abilities. But I'm not sure if this was just put in after the fact. Like you get with so many Victorian mediums that then... When they reached fame, they said, when I was a child, I used to contact the spirits and my, I had dead friends and all of this, whereas in reality... Yeah, a lot of people know. use that, don't they? A lot of people yeah. do use that as part of their credibility building. Yes, yeah. That like it's any medium, become... just, you know, common a garden, you know, people that either make a living from it or people that are just a local celebrity or whatever, or people, mm. you know, 
who just do it with their friends and stuff. They'll, they'll often fill in a backstory about how long this has been going on. Mm. Before they well, it's, it's the equivalent it was, of... It was viable financially. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the equivalent of, you know, I've wanted to win the X Factor my whole life. Yeah. When it's like, yeah. well, you, you haven't, but thanks. No, but there's often a... Well, it's slightly different because there's often a... A supernatural backstory as well, isn't it? There's often well, a, yes, yeah. You know, like I had a guardian hunt. angel and all that yes. nonsense, and yeah. you know, yeah. Well, there's, you know, there was this backstory that's been attributed to Maria as well. Now, Most dinner ladies piece... have a guardian angel. I've noticed. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a very common and ubiquitous thing amongst the dinner ladies that that they will talk about having a guardian angel and angels looking over them and all stuff yeah. like that, which kind of is slightly incongruous with their abhorrent behaviour. <laughs> Maybe angels just on a scale. Does your guardian angel ever say, you know, you really shouldn't behave like that? <laughs> <laughs> it's not how we do things. Yeah, perhaps. Um, but the EVPs, these are really important EVPs. Now, when they were replayed... They're, they're not, though, are they? <laughs> they are, because I got this really nice quote from okay, the report. Okay, go for it. You go for it. I'll shush. The, the sounds that were captured were said to resemble, I quote, a mixture of hell and a brothel. <laughs> so, <Yeah>. ghosts. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's who my... listened back and went, hang on, I think that's hell, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who did that? Yeah. Maybe they said, that sounds like a brothel, then panicked and went, oh, they're going to ask me how I know that. Um, yeah. and, and it sounds like and hell, hell as well. Yeah. <laughs> But why are they checking EVPs? Because like, this isn't what this story's about. This story's about things appearing that are visible. Well, 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 I mean, all this time, you're looking at faces for so long, you're going to want to try and diversify for a bit, aren't you? Well, no, it's like, it doesn't make any sense, that. It's like study, like, rather than getting someone in with electrical kit to listen to, mm. vo- you know, noises that aren't there, mm. get someone in who can test what it is. Get someone in with a bit of pH paper who can go, dip it in it and go, that's coffee, that. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's just acrylic wait. paint. That, look, look, that's clearly acrylic paint. But no, you've got someone coming in going, I'm going to listen out for any voices that are in the room that you can't hear. Does it make any sense? Yes. But oh, what's happening? The faces are changing their expressions. Kate, stop thinking about your career and admit <laughs> this makes no sense. <laughs> no. <laughs> Don't you dare take this from me. So, just like, be yourself for a minute. <laughs> oh, in the eighties, this has been going on for like ten years. Because by eighty-one, researchers were still coming in, and they were still saying that they personally witnessed the appearance and disappearance of several faces in the new kitchen that had been built yes, for the of, family. Of course, they did. Of course, they did. Which, by the way, we've just accidentally demonstrated. Even though I was teasing about saying, "Stop thinking about your career," we've we've I've actually just demonstrated there with that yeah. joke what was happening with the thing you're now reporting. Which is there is no publicity in going there and going, "No, nope, nothing. I'm going home." <laughs> there is no publicity in that. There is no yeah. career gain in that at all. So they've got to go in and go. Uh, yes, I saw uh, one appeared while I was there. So interview me. Yes, yeah, there's there's always going to be more opportunities in saying that something's there than something's not. That goes for all types of... And that's why impartiality and authenticity and ethical conduct is very hard to find within 
esoterotic fields. Of course it is, but if you start thinking about this community and about this mm. uh, society, this yeah. little mini society, mm-hmm. as people on, as you mentioned, like the X Factor or Britain's Got Talent, yeah. start thinking of it in terms of that. So the ones that have got a rise to the top are the ones that have the best story to tell. So it's better to go on X Factor and say you're doing it for your dead mum than it is to go on X Factor and say, I just want to be a pop star. Yeah. Do, there's a better narrative there, and that will that you're more likely to get a clip on the show if you have a story yes, to tell, yeah. a narrative to tell. So it's quite a nice metaphor that really for how I see these sorts of things when something just happens when mm. there's a what could, you know you could describe it as a cultural phenomenon. It's not. It's a sociological phenomenon. When this happens, when something captures the imagination, the people that come on board, the people that come from the outside in, they've got to have a story within it. They've got to have a narrative within it because there is no gain to coming in going, it's nothing. There's nothing there. I saw nothing. And going back yeah. home again. Well, I mean, you, that will get you one book deal. Well, that'll do, won't it? Or a good academic paper. Yeah, so I think there are, start, nowadays, there are arguably more opportunities for debunking than there ever has been, because people want to hear both sides of things. Yeah, do the hell. No, well, they don't. The faces in the early 80s were, we're just nipping back in there, um, they were darker, they were darker and they were more defined than before, so we were getting clearer faces there, and some people, some uh, investigators, and just, I suppose, some of the mates believed that there was a direct link between the faces and Maria's state of mind. So when Maria was feeling unwell, the faces would be quite faint and fade slightly in colour. And so this led um, one investigator, Jose Martinez Romero, to deduce that when Maria died, the images would disappear permanently because they were directly linked to her, like, psychological or parapsychological oh. well-being. Well, that's quite a responsible thing to say. Well done, mate. <laughs> but one explanation... And nobody, and nobody just turned and stared at him and said, I beg your pudding. <laughs> what have you just said? Think about what you're saying, please. <laughs> well, another theory is that the images were kind of... They were projected by Maria mentally by means of a type of psychokinetic thoughtography so thoughtography is is a term that's it's basically that you can imprint an image directly onto say photographic film just with the power of your mind so they believe that maybe this was a form of thoughtography where maria was mentally projecting the faces onto the environment around her still nobody unless you just start telling us still nobody has suggested that Maria might just be painting them on the floor herself. <laughs> it's all maybe but, she's doing it with her mind. Maybe it's right. the power of her mental health. Maybe it, there was a like. Where's the kid saying the emperor's naked here? Well, eventually <laughs> this was going on for ten years by this point, oh and while God. it was quite lucrative for the yeah. town, ah, right. the government um, were kind of a little bit sick of it by all accounts, and yeah. like a commission was put together by the government via this tabloid called Pueblo. And they went and investigated the faces and they published this large kind of very dramatic report saying the mystery is solved. And they said that they'd fully debunked it and they said that they'd investigated the faces and they found that they'd been made of silver chloride, silver chlorine and UV light. But material analysis by other scientists and investigators found there were absolutely no silver traces 
in the faces. And the article was kind of published in response to pressure from the government. So there was another reason for this to be debunked, to try and put an end to it once and for all. And they were basically saying that these chemicals could be obtained from basically any shop as a type of cleaning fluids. And they said that they could even determine the size of the brush hairs of the brush used to paint the faces. But, as with that, if they can't detect silver, you know, it's... Although yeah, no, just, just forget the silver hoax. bit for a sec. Don't worry about the silver Can bit they... for a sec, right? Forget about that. Yeah. Are there brush marks <laughs> with... with like this, this might be very simple now. Are yeah. there brush marks within these faces? I personally don't know. I haven't seen them. A friend of mine has. Yeah. A Spanish friend of mine has. Yeah. And I haven't asked her. Well, could you? Um, and not... could you let us know before this, is this one of your loony friends or a normal friend? Um, she's gothy. I know from the goth scene. Right, well, we can we can make a decision when we hear She's on the fringe, she? <laughs> <laughs> but she never said anything about, about brush strokes. And I know she went quite a few years So ago. can you still go and see these things now? Yeah. As far as I know, you can still visit the Belmess faces. They're roped off, right. so you can't just go scrubbing them and see what happens. But can you get but... right close up? Yeah, we can get into. I mean, the to rooms. be fair, over time, paint on stone, mm. you're going to lose definition anyway. So you're going to lose. You're potentially going to. Well, if it's not paint, and it's a chemical reaction. Yes, but if it's been done with a brush. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't matter. Well, look, we it? haven't we haven't finished yet. Ooh, faces would appear. Are you sure. New ones and old ones when Maria was present, for many years, and on the third of February two thousand and four. Maria passed away, Mm. but faces continued to appear on her kitchen floor long after she had died. Okay, so that's one expert eliminated then, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Well, will we ever know the true story of the Belmer's faces? Yeah. Shall I tell you how? (laughs) Stick CCTV in there, mate. Yeah. It's an interesting case in the rich tradition of strange images becoming imprinted via parapsychological or, you know, religious, intangible means. And that's where we agree, because for you it's an interesting case in that respect. For me it's an interesting Mm -hmm. sociological thing. So it's not that we don't... I'm not dismissing these things as like, oh, shut up, forget about it. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like I'm interested in those things, but I'm deeply fascinated by how far, and this applies to everything, I've said this loads of times, by how far down the narrative they go at the beginning, how they don't start with the simplest things that could discredit or explain, if you're not being cynical. You know, I'm going to say, I'm not an an expert. I haven't read every single research paper that came out of this. I've read quite a few, but I, I haven't read all of them. So I don't know how many instances when Maria was removed from the house or, you know, if they were taking bits of faces that are still available for, for study well, so, today. Someone was doing it. I'm not saying it was Maria. Someone mm-hmm. was doing it. Yeah. And if it was Maria, then someone has taken over. Yeah. <laughs> now, it'd be interesting to see a comparison between the ones that happened post-mortem yes. and the ones that happened pre-mortem, right? So that, that would, would be, be very interesting. Yeah. You'd see it stylistically. Um, yeah, yeah, and I think most people, just layman's, could spot if something's uh, been mimicked or whether yeah. something is what it was originally like. 
I'm not pointing the finger at her. I'm not saying she definitely did it. There were other people in the house. Mm. What I'm saying is, from the images that I've just looked on Google Images, somebody has done that. That's not pareidolia. That's not a naturally occurring thing, like a stain that's just come up. Someone has done that. That is a piece of, and I use this word very liberally, art. (laughs) (laughs) It is. Oh, tell you what this would be really good for. Potato Your potato printing. printing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's me, so or, if you want some vaguely accomplished art, just get on my Etsy store, Infinite Hermit Art, get yourself <laughs> over there. I can actually draw. So can I. <laughs> I just choose not to. Oh, I meant the Spanish people's drawings, not your drawings. No, you, your art's brilliant. I've seen your art. I go mad at you for not being more artistic and displaying your art more. It's far better than mine is. Oh, thank you. But I've got the jump on you. You did. I did it first. You did. <laughs> Well done to all involved on your big fraud. <laughs> and it's another destination for our group holiday. That's all you got to do. Don't learn any talent. Just scribble all over your house and call the papers. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was Loopholes episode 33. Thank you very much for listening. If you'd like to get in touch and tell us about the faces in your floor, you can do so via many means. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Ian Bolsworth and patreon.com forward slash burials and beyond. You can find us on Facebook at Loopholes Podcast, on Instagram at Loopholes Pod, on Twitter at Loopholes Pod, and you can send us an email at loopholespodcast at gmail.com. Thank you very much for listening. I've been Kate Cheryl. I've been Ian Bolsworth. And we'll speak to you next time. <sighs> right. Bye. All right. Bye. See you now. <laughs> Loopholes is an Infinite Hermit production in association with Burials and Beyond, with Kate Cheryl and Ian Boldsworth. Music by Thomas Funderay, produced by Ian Boldsworth. <laughs>